This podcast is sponsored by Australian Christian College, a network of schools committed to student wellbeing, character development and academic improvement. Welcome to the Inspiration Project, where well-known Christians share their stories to inspire young people in their faith and life. Here's your host, Brendan Core. Well, it's great to have another opportunity to meet a special guest, JD. We're delighted you've been able to squeeze in some time. We've getting between Creative Conference and your next tour. Yeah, no, um, it's a, it's an honour to be here. I'm grateful to be able to chat with you. Little window of opportunity, which is fantastic. Um, we might start at the beginning and sort of, I guess you've answered this question innumerable number of times previously. But how did JD come to be who JD is? We had, we had the nickname start and how did it stick? Yeah, well, listen, it's not my most proudest moment, but actually when I was in about year three. It goes back a long way, yeah, then, doesn't it? Do, it does. It, um, it started with, obviously, my name's Jonathan Douglas and my year three teacher, whenever you were mucking up talking class or not, you know, being the perfect student, you would get your name written on the board and if you got three strikes, you'd have to, you know, miss a bit of lunchtime. A lot of students and, have gone through that process. Yes, of these that's names right. On the board. <laughs> and uh, it really happened because my, I guess my name would get written up there often enough that my teacher got sick of writing my full name on the board. So you became and JD. And so you just abbreviated it to JD. <laughs> and pretty much ever since that's what more people than not know me as. Some of my closest friends wouldn't even know my last name. Something that I find really funny, and I guess it's, you know, because I'm most known as JD um, when someone writes my full name, they'll write JD Douglas. And, I'm, <laughs> and I go, well, listen, I just, I think I'm too what nice. So I let for? it go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or they think my first name is J, J-A-Y, my last oh. name's D, D-E, but well, anyway. That could be a good rap name if you yeah, that's right. that way. I've got yeah. options. <laughs> Let's explore it. And so when did you decide to own it? How did you? Well, listen, I guess I didn't really have a choice. I feel like that- It's um, the Australian way, right? Yes. You just get given nicknames and- Exactly. We like to shorten anything we possibly can. And so, uh, no, it's definitely very easy for people to write down. And, um, and so, yeah. Hopefully easy to remember. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> so you spoke about the fact that you, you have a an actual family name. Yes. That Douglas, the Douglases. Yes. Tell us a bit about your family. How how did how did you come to faith in the context of, of yeah. your family life? Well, I feel like I'm I'm really blessed that I was born into a Christian home. Um, my mum and dad weren't always Christians. I think they kind of they both came to faith just before they got married. Um, neither of them came from a Christian home, but I am blessed that I was born into a Christian home and my family was the kind of family that if you wanted to go to church or you didn't, it didn't matter. You were mm. going to church anyway. And to be honest, I love that because it's formed in me. Did really. you always love that? Um, JD? Was it? Listen, I think I've, you know, and I've been part of Hillsong church, my church since I was four years old. So it's as long as I can remember. Mm. And, and I can't actually remember a time where I didn't want to go to church That's because fantastic. I've just loved I love my church. It's not perfect. It's not the best, but it's healthy and it's where I found God. It's where mm. I found community and really ended up being so much with what I do with my life today is just from being planted mm. in our local church and mm. it's something I'm grateful for. So, yeah, I actually never really had one of those seasons where I didn't mm. want to go to church and yeah, I've fantastic. always loved it. I'll, I'll come back to the, the context of what your local church is doing for you mm -hmm. in the midst of your ministry. Grew up a Christian family. 
it's a wonderful blessing. I have the same heritage. Mm-hmm. When and how did you know that this was God's call to you to a life of faith, that it wasn't just the community that you were part of or the home that you were growing up in? There was something personal for you. Yeah, well, I think I'm... I've got the worst memory ever. I'd say I've got the memory of a goldfinch, a goldfish, which is supposed to be seven seconds. How they registered that, who knows? But anyway, that's Someone's not the point. The test. Yeah. Um, but I do have all my early memories are actually of God encounters. I remember mm. being four years old, which is very young. And my dad was on away for the weekend on a business trip and like any little boy missed his dad. Mm. And I remember crying to mum going, where's dad? Didn't know where he was when he was coming back. And she explained to me, listen, it's just, He's just gone away for the weekend for work, but there's also a father in heaven who will never leave you and forsake you. And it was, you know, a very smooth altar call for my mum to give to a four-year-old boy. But I remember sitting on the stairs and instantly feeling peace, knowing that I did have a heavenly father. Mm, That's awesome. And then I remember being in basically in Sunday school at church and hearing about who Jesus was and it just becoming real to me. It's the kind of thing that you can't really explain Mm. except that I can't be convinced otherwise. And then really the huge defining moment, I think, for my the call of God on my life to serve him was happened at a youth summer camp when mm. I was about 12, I think it was, where I just felt the presence of God maybe tangibly for the first time and just had this overwhelming passion that the only thing I wanted to do with my life was to serve God and mm. to build his church. It, Definitely wasn't a, a very clear dream of what that would look like. I definitely, mm. if you told me back then I'd be doing what I'm doing today, I would just, I wouldn't believe you and I'd be in total shock. Mm. But one thing I have known from as early as I can remember is that I've wanted to be a part of building God's kingdom and really doing that through building the local church. Mm, that's awesome, JD. So I was going to ask you, where did your sense of, of purpose into ministry come? And it was around that time, as early as 12, where you realised, in some way, in some form, I'm going to be doing something that's serving, serving God. Yeah, I um, I remember you know growing up and often in school, I feel like it's um common to be asked, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" Oh. And at the time, all the kids in my grade would say things like, "Be a fireman or an astronaut or a policeman or something like that." And I would always answer, "I want to be a dentist." A dentist. And I quickly found out the reason I said that was because I'd never been to the dentist. I went once and realized, no, that's not what I want to do. I've got no idea where that came from, but I remember just thinking, oh, the dentist sounds cool. And uh, by then I went to the dentist, but but in all truthfulness, it wasn't too long after that. But even I remember being in Sunday school and being in church and through youth group, but really early on, it was almost before I'd even gotten to our youth group, just being a part of our being a part of church and that community was just that I I just had this deep desire that I just wanted to, what I would get from being in the community, what I'd get from when I'd worship God or, you know, hear those basic Sunday school lessons. Mm. I thought all I want to do is do that for others. And so that's kind of always been my desire in life. I feel like I've been given so much through my relationship with God and the experiences that I've had. Uh, and so I've just wanted to be a part of making sure anyone and everyone can have that same experience. Terrific. And when did music become part of your life? Yeah, this is um, this is a funny one for me because I I remember I was I liked singing when I was you know younger in primary school and in in our primary school choir and then started kind of getting singing lessons through our creative department at church and 
pretty much my voice broke. You know, I, I talk really deep at the, at the moment and that's normal. But before my voice broke, I would answer the phone and say hello, but it'd be more like hello. And people would say, hi, Robin. She'd think that, oh, think yeah. that I was my mum and obviously just hadn't gone through it. And that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, but, um, but over that, you know, being a singer in that period when your voice is breaking and um, it, my singing teacher basically said, listen, your voice is going all over the place at the moment come back, you know, when your voice settles down, it could be weeks, months or, Mm -hmm. you know, up to a year or so. And I remember thinking, oh, great. I didn't have a real passion for singing at the time. And I just, I guess it's just one of those things that. So was it your mum and dad that sent you along to singing lessons? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Some people get off to go and learn the piano. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess I didn't learn the saxophone or the Mm. piano. I just, you know, went, joined the choir and, Mm. um, and really I, the moment I stopped going to singing lessons, maybe I was, you know, around being the age of 11 or 12, I walked away thinking I'll never sing again or go to a lesson. I didn't really have any passion or, or thought that I had passion. And long story short, I, a youth leader of mine, when my voice had settled and this was in my little break, ended up being a number of years. And I remember being about 14 years old and my youth leader would, would drive to the beach to go surfing and would sing along to the radio. And he would say, Hey, why don't you sing with us at youth? And I'd be like, Oh no, I, I don't want to sing. Not I don't like, like singing. It's not my thing. And definitely struggled with nerves like you wouldn't believe. But again, that's a whole nother story um, and confidence. But it, after weeks of him asking me to sing every week and I would say no and make up every excuse under the sun, one day he rocked up to my door before youth on a Friday night and said, get in the car, you're singing tonight. And that's the first time I sung and it was scary. <laughs> but it's become something that gives you energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's, you know, where did my passion come from? And I remember doing it for a few weeks, maybe a few months thinking I'm just doing this because my youth leaders asking me to, or slash forcing me to, cause there was no other guys that sung in our youth at the time. And I remember thinking, hang on, this isn't the plan. This is not what I wanted to do. So I'm going to stop. And I remember almost, I was talking to my older brother about this and saying, yeah, I don't want to be, I'm not a singer. Why? How did I end up singing every week at youth? I'm going to stop. And I just remember my heart literally just kind of going into a knot and I'll, that of just hang as in you can't stop this. Mm. And I was almost shocked because I didn't realize, but then I, in that very moment, I'm like, hang on, I think I'm called to do this. Mm. And my mentality switched and I went back to singing lessons and got in our church choir and thought, if I'm doing this, I'm going to do it with absolutely everything that I have to the best of my ability. And that's kind of. What do you think that was going on in your heart in that moment? It's so hard to explain because I don't know if it was necessarily, necessarily a physical thing, but that's the way it felt like. And I think absolutely, I I believe that it was God through his spirit just saying, hey, I've, this, you're not here by accident. Yeah, even though this isn't necessarily the way that I'd planned, you know, you've planned to do it. I feel like God's saying, this is what I've got for you. And again, it wasn't like I thought, okay, great for the next, we'd be sitting here 20 years later and I'm still doing it mm. and loving it and, and humbled as ever to be a part of what I get to do. But it was just like, no, for this moment, for this season, I'm in this, this is what I'm calling you to do. And it was, again, it's one of those things I can't necessarily explain it, which is our God, but I can, I know without a shadow of a doubt for it to be true. It's an amazing thing for a young person to feel that God is saying something to them about who they are, about who their future is. You you find that that happens to young people? Was it something unusual, unique for you? Yeah, I think it, well... I can, yeah, it is a little bit unique, but I think the part of the reason, and which is what I would encourage any young person, is I feel like I put myself, or I was lucky enough to be in the environment, that community mm. of being in the presence of God, whether it be in a, in a youth service or going to church or having an open heart, a receptive heart, 
like we all do, pray those kind of prayers. God, if you're real, make the light go green or make the car park come available or fill up my cup of water and all those things we kind of, you know, but God, listen, God can work that way, but he works in so many other ways as well. And so I think that was, was one God's undeniable plan for my life, but I think it had a big part to do with being in the kind of environment where I'm allowing and expecting God to speak to me. Mm, that's great. And it can happen at any time, any stage, four years old, 14 years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. 44 years old, 54 years old, God will still speak. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, that's wonderful. So you mentioned that it's 20 years since yeah. those times and you're certainly not just singing in the local youth group on a Friday night anymore. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a different scene. How, how did that come about? Like where, where, when did the band become the band? Yeah, we, we kind of laugh about it and often get asked, you know, being the main thing I do, being with Hillsong United and we've made, yeah, this last year I think we kind of realised we'd been going for 20 years now and, uh, and we often get asked how did it all begin and really the, the way that we formed as a band was just we were just the youth worship team of our church at Hillsong and had no band meeting, let's start a band, let's make an album, let's tour the world, let's do what we do. No, it was always like, hey, this Friday night we're gathering for our youth group. Let's make it the best thing we can. Let's, and we always grateful to have our pastors in Brian and Bobby and our youth pastors at the time, Phil and Lucinda Dooley would always say, you know, use whatever you're passionate about. Why don't mm. you use that to actually serve God? And if you put God first, like the Bible says, he will, you know, take care of everything that you need and give you the, a life beyond what you could dream, think or imagine. And, and so we just believed them. Mm. And so we did that. And so for us, we're like, hey, what's in our hand? And it was a passion for music, a passion for life and a passion for our friends. And so we put that all together and started writing music that we liked that really the, the big goal was, will these, will our friends like these songs? Not will we your, be able to Friday make an album? Friends, yeah. yeah. Our friends, our friends at school that don't even go to church. Mm. Um, our friends that do come to church, we wanted to write songs, obviously that glorify God, but we thought, you know, we want to also make sure that people want to sing them. Mm. And cause that's the point of these songs. And so really that was how it started and there wasn't even a defining. And then, yeah, I was going to say there wasn't really a defining moment where we even named the band or met. It's just, again, I love looking back because if you would have told us when we started out as Hillsong United that we would, God will allow us to do what we've done in the past 20 years and I know what we've got looking forward is, you know, we're really excited about mm. as well. We just wouldn't have believed you. It was just beyond what we could so think. there was no of. master business plan to this is where we're going and this is how we're going to get there. Yeah, no. Listen, we tried to be as wise and diligent with what we had as, uh, along the way, but big picture, we get a lot of people who think, oh, you guys have got great marketing strategies. And I've heard our senior pastor, Brian, always talk about that. And we kind of laugh, go, we, we feel like we haven't really known what we've been doing the whole time. And we're just grateful that we, the one thing we've known is God's with us and he's graced us to do it. And so we're just running as hard and fast with that. Yeah, right. So I, I want to ask you a few things about how, how it works when you're a band that has somebody who lives in LA and somebody <laughs> else who lives somewhere else. And how do you stay a band? How, how does that all work? But listening to that story of those 20 years and you're making step by step, circumstance by circumstance decisions, would you say that it's been easy? No, no, not at all. I think that um, it's it's been fun and it's been enjoyable and I think it's been no doubt that God is in it. But I think even just our journey through life, life throws things our way that we weren't expecting or wanting or 
And in trying to figure that out all along the way brings its challenges and its difficulties. Mm. And it's something hindsight's a, a beautiful thing to look back and it's that we can see the hand of God the whole way along the journey. But often whether it's dealing with personal issues or external things that come along the line, it, it, it is, I think, sometimes can be the, a fight of faith to keep mm. going. And I'm just, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons that we are still going because we've just decided to never stray too far of why we gathered together and what we're about. And that's been our strength as a, as I think a band and why we've mm. been able to keep going forward. And we've seen God bless that. Yeah. I'll, I'll come back to that, but let, let's visit some of those practical things. You're now in a situation where you've got band members living in different parts of the globe. Yeah. How, how do you stay together? How do you do the, the work that needs to get done when you're so spread around? Yeah. Well, um, I guess that even this morning we had a band meeting and there was, it was done through one of the technical apps, phone, you know, video call systems that everyone could from their phone kind of dial in. And there was like 15 of us and we had people that were, have, are in Memphis. Someone was in Nashville. Someone was in Los Angeles. Then we had people here in, in Sydney and we all jumped on and it just actually works really well with technology. It takes a while to wrestle it where we put out, let's meet at this certain time and everyone's like, hang on, that's midnight for me. Or, Hey, this is 7am. And like, that's the the difficult part. But then once we kind of do that and we figure that out, it's actually really amazing. And I think as well, the strength of what we do is the why our purpose and our calling. And that's just so strong and it's so much bigger than any, any of us, individually and a lot of us have been doing this for a long time together and I think building relationships over the years some of us went to school together or have grown up together we're all single boys together then got married and have had kids in our in our own you know journeys and so a lot of that I think is has made it easy to for us to be able to work together in some way in all of that you've been able to preserve authentic relationship between you is that the way you're sort of describing it yeah absolutely and that's to be honest, outside of the opportunity that God's given us, my favourite thing about what we get to do is just that bond. We are like a family and and that's been amazing and it's such a good thing because that doesn't mean everyone gets along perfectly or that it is always easy, but it's kind of the environment, that community that you get as being basically a tight-knit family is what helps us kind of keep it together regardless of what time zone we're in. Yeah, that's great. And the creative side of things, like a people writing bits of songs in different parts of the world and then assembling them by technology. Yeah, it, it, it pretty much. We kind of, we always just try and get it done any way possible. And it's definitely been a culture for us that it's to always be, to be creative and to be coming with, up with ideas, whether it be songs or things that ways that we can do what we do in a better way. And then um, depending on what the project is or where the need is, we'll often get together and everyone just brings their ideas or shows what they've been working on and we because everyone is all over the place now we do um often block out a couple of weeks a year to to workshop say music ideas but then we actually we try and meet frequently and we tour a lot together as well so we've learned we've there's been times where we've recorded an album while we've been touring on mm. the back of a bus wow. and with technology these days you can just that's amazing if you've got a laptop and a couple of microphones then you know we'll do a an amazing worship event with a lot of people. And then you get on the back of the bus and record a vocal for the album. It's uh, it's just, we need to get creative and how you can do it and all the rest of it. But because we are, we are actually often together a lot of the year. So we can, we uh, make it work. That's good. Creativity. Where, where do you think you're, you, you sound 
the band's gone through its history of how you sounded 20 years ago, yeah. how you're sounding now, what the new album Awake is looking like. Mm-hmm. Where do you get your source of newness? Yeah. Is it well, based think, in your experience? Is it based well, in sermons? Well, I could give sermons? you the, the, the easy answer, but it's the most true answer. It's from the creator of everything itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that for us personally, and we're so well aware that we can often, I think whatever it is that your creative discipline is, and everyone has one, even if you are a, um, an accountant, you need creativity to, to do what you've got to do. In, so in a certain sense, cre- a, you know, creative yeah, bookkeeping sort of legal thing. Legal yeah. creativity I'm yeah. talking about. But, you know, I guess, or whether it is you're a, a painter, or a graphic designer, a musician, a, um actor, or, you know, we need, mm. you need to keep those creative juices flowing. And it is very normal for us to hit those kind of walls, whether it be writing writer's block or just feeling like you're completely dry creative. And I know um, it can be, we can search, where am I going to get my next idea from? But for us, and it's easy because it's what we're about and what we believe in, but we have the source, Mm. we have the creator of the heavens and the universe. And I think sometimes we can get so overwhelmed in the day-to-day tasks of having to meet a deadline or have to have a song finish or have to have this done that we're like, all right, how am I going to do this with, and forgetting, hang on, you can stop for a second. Just take a deep breath. Look up if that's what helps you remind you or just pray and believe that God will help you in that area. And it doesn't mean that then you sit down and all of a sudden, boom, you download a song from heaven and record it and it's it's perfect. There's definitely the due diligence of hard work, but mm. coming from a place of of being aware and tapping into the source of the creator I think is, is really important. And, and I think if that's just a daily discipline that, that's something that's helped us. And you have your seasons where you, you're not as disciplined in, in tapping into into who God is and what he's got for you, mm. but it's never getting too far away from that. And then from there, I think it is just, or there's lots of, you know, I guess little practical things like making sure that you can find rest when you get it, mm. making sure that you are being, finding what inspires you and mm. then making sure that that's inputting into your life to help what we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It is I think it'd be easy for people to be looking in and imagining creativity is just this this um, mystical thing that happens and drops, as you just say, from heaven, fully formed, and all we've got to do is record it and not realise the diligence that's required to work that through. And part of the work, I suppose, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, JD, but it sounds a bit like part of the work is putting yourself in the right place. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the first thing that you got to do and then apply yourself to your craft and apply yourself to writing or planning or whatever is the thing that God's asking you to do in the moment. Yeah, and I, I absolutely would echo that. And I think the other thing I'd say in that is that absolutely we've been inspired by God and get creative, but getting to work with some of my friends who I believe are some of the greatest songwriters, not the greatest, but some of them, mm-hmm. um, are writing some incredible songs at the moment. The one thing that I get to see that not everyone else gets to see is simply how hard they work. Mm. And you can look at someone, whether it be a football player, an athlete, and go, they are just freakishly talented. Same with some of the songwriters I get to work with. They are freakishly talented, but you know what? They also work harder than almost anyone that I know. And I think we can um, succumb to that lie of going, I'm just not not creative or I'm not this, but I think people don't realise Absolutely, we need inspiration and, and gift and talent, but that hard work is a thing that's going to make what you're doing get across the line. You can write 90% of a song in a couple of hours, but that last 10% can take months. Mm. 
but without that last 10%, the song's not going to work or achieve what it could. And so, listen, it's not the most exciting thing to hear, but it is also amazing that if you actually do just apply yourself and put that hard work in, that that's what's going to get things across the line. I actually really think that's what God honours as well. Amen. I I thoroughly understand and agree. Let let me ask you about the people that are supporting the band, the production guys, the back-end guys. (laughs) The heroes. What what sort of relationship (laughs) and what sort of role are they playing in in who your song United is? Yeah, it's absolutely massive. And I love that, again, so grateful coming from a healthy church home that even from as young as I can remember, and I've been a part of our worship team for over 20 years now, that all the production guys and all those behind-the-scenes people, uh, they often – well, they rarely, if ever, get any type of credit or visibility for, you know, what we are doing. But at the end of the day, they get there before us. We still get there pretty early. We get there earlier than anyone that's just attending church. We get there early, but they're there before we're there and they're always the last to leave. And also, and so we've always tried to honour them and be grateful because they don't get the recognition they deserve. And I'm so well aware that it doesn't matter how great I think my voice is to sing a song or I can write a song that I think can really help many people. If there's not someone there to turn my microphone on or make sure that it's loud enough that people can hear what I'm being able to sing or the song that I want people to hear, no one's hitting record, it actually just doesn't get done. Mm. And so there's a partnership there, mm. and especially when it comes to touring, our guys work their absolute tails off. And um, But again, we don't, we feel like they are part of the team yeah. and love them and we're and so it's such a great environment that we have and, yeah, couldn't so be more not, grateful not being for cliche, them. but it really is like some parts of the body have more honour, but everybody yeah. is essential. You know, exactly. Not everyone seen. can be the mouth and the eyes and the ears. Exactly, yeah. you got to have like There's people on stage, little, little toes backstage. in there. Yeah. You need lungs. You need, you know, so absolutely they, yeah. we are one, one body. Awesome. I remember you telling me uh, an experience you had a while back, JD, about something that turned the theory of your ministry and what the songs were saying into a very personal encounter. You were visiting, the band decided they were going to make some personal visits to different places. Yes. You remember? Yeah. Do you, you, you want to share what that meant for you to see the personal real impact of what God's gifted you guys to be doing? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, we've always, because we're part of a church and if we're not on tour, we're just serving at our local church wherever we're kind of located. And so we're always aware and know and believe that people are connecting with what we're doing and helping them. But often statistics or stories, you know, can lose the personal value. And so a couple of years ago, we were going over to the United States of America to um, do a, a conference and we're like, okay, while we're over there, it's a long way to go and fly a lot of people. We're like, what else can we do while we're over there? And someone came up with the idea. We just recorded, released an album called Wonder. And I think it was Joel actually had the idea, let's do a tour, we can call it Wonder in the Wild, and basically put out through social media to, for people to invite us to come and play for them. Not do a big worship event or a concert, but do a birthday party, go to a school, go to whatever, just the, you know, and so we had lots of different requests and I don't know how our tour manager sifted through all of them and picked out how it could all work, but we spent about two weeks just going to, we, we crashed a wedding mm. and, um, and surprised a bride and groom just after they got married. We went to a prison. We went to an army base. We visited someone who was really engaged with what we were doing but was, had had 
dozens of surgeries and couldn't basically get out of the house. We knocked on her front door and sat on wow. a couch with an acoustic guitar and worshipped together. Um, just those types of things surprised the church was just having a picnic lunch on a Saturday and we went, you know, just had a really kind of small um, crew of and instruments and just had a time of worshipping together and and that was amazing as it, mm. as it sounds, but the conversations we would have afterwards with these people of just what God is doing in their life and, mm. the, and the small part that we get to play by representing these music, this music and these songs that we believe are given to us by God, I guess it did help, you know, with all the years that we've been doing it, yeah. just really remind us and bring it home to what we get to be a part of and how broad the kingdom of God is and how many different ways he's working just to see that. Mm. I remember coming back and thinking that it, we've, we've been able to play at some really iconic and quite large venues and amazing events and they are great in and of themselves. But for me, hands down, that was my favorite trip. Yeah, that's awesome. I was talking with one of my colleagues the other day uh, who was sharing a concern that they had about all the good things that they had to do that it was it was such a busy time of ministry that they weren't finding a way in which they could connect themselves to God. How do you do that, JD, in the midst of all that is on your schedule? How do you find freshness in your own walk? Yeah, I, I think it can be really challenging, but I'm also aware that I think that's the most important thing. And God's gracious and he's in control and he's sovereign. And I know he's, he is working all things together for good, but we can quite easily without realizing it get so distracted that we move into that lane of doing it in our own strength and doing it in our own way. And you can do that for lengthy periods of times or short periods of times. Um, but all I know is the longer that goes on, the more I guess you are susceptible to things like stress and burnout and, and just it being heavy than it needs to be. And so I think for me, it just starts with the awareness of that's the most important thing that I, I realized to, I know I can't do what I'm called to do by my own. Mm. And I thank God that I was never called to do it on my own. And so I find myself often in those positions where I, I say those things to God, I can't do this anymore. This mm. is too hard. And I always in a gentle way feel God say back to good because you don't have to, it mm. is too hard for you, but, you're not alone. I'm uh -huh. with you. And unfortunately, just finding finding myself in those places too often, it just has driven me straight back to the, the word of God. And so I I really feel like I cannot do what I've got to do every day without God. And I'm and I just love that I can stop at any time and just get on my knees and acknowledge. And it's more to remind myself. It's not like I'm telling God, hey, I He knows, but it's just what it does to your own way that you think and the way that you see and the way that you talk. Just understanding that. Um, God's with me. He's mm. got me. Even when I'm in, feel like I'm out of my depth, God promises that he's never going to be, never push us past our limits, but he's going to always be with us every mm. step of the way. And I can definitely testify to feeling that, feeling like I feel like I've spent my whole life out of my depth. Mm. And, but what I've also do is I felt like I've felt my whole life with God leading me and Amen. being with me. And it's been the thing that's helped me. And so, I couldn't encourage anyone any more than just yeah. just draw near to God. You know, James talks about it. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. And, man, there's, it is the greatest feeling. Amen. Which brings you back to the comment about your local church, right, that you plugged in even though you're touring the world. Yeah. And all that sort of uh, high-achieving high performance, you're still on the church roster. Right? Yeah. For, for singing at different services and part of that community just as a member of the community. 
Yeah. That must do something about keeping you connected with the people of God. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we always think a lot of, we, when we first started touring with United, we'd get people like, wow, who are you guys and where are you from and what's your story? And we'd be like, we're just church kids or we're just the youth group of our of Hillsong Church. And then got to a point where we're a little bit too old to say we're the youth group because <laughs> we none of us went anymore because we were too old. But that's always been, I think, the distinction of what God's put the blessing on who we are and what we're doing is because we are connected to the local church. And so it is, it's actually my favorite thing from maybe getting off the stage in a stadium, then getting on a plane and then coming home and leading one of our services, which are amazing. But just that with our team, all of our volunteers who are sacrificing their time and their efforts to do that. And I know just that strength in community, it's the best place because, you know, if your head gets a little bit too bigger than it should, it's going to get pulled back down. But at the same time, if you are down further than you should, someone's going to lift you up. And I think that's family, that's community. And that's where we can grow in that kind of environment. So it's something that I absolutely love being a part of and always have and always will. Yeah. The spirit of God ministering to you through his people. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. I did want to ask you one question about being in the industry. Mm -hmm. We're in a pretty cutthroat industry in the music, music business. How do you, how do you find being true to your sense of, ministry and the commerce and the, the ambition and the, the, the charisma style of, of music industry. How do, you, how do you guys work through that? Yeah, well, I think, again, it's, it's, it's been a journey. You know, we didn't, at the moment, the, this year, just even some of the venues and opportunities that we've had are, are bigger than I ever thought we'd get. But we, it's been, a, I think, a really natural and organic journey for us. And uh, so I think it wasn't like we just got thrust into what we're actually doing right now and it's grown slowly and so I think we've been able to grow with it and that's been the grace of God. But really at the end of the day, it comes back to this whole conversation. I Mm. think that running theme that for us, we just are so well aware of what we're a part of Mm. and why we do what we do. And I think the strength is never losing the why. We are not in this to play to crowds. We are Mm. not in this to try and get recognition. We're not in this to make money. We are here simply as a response to who God is and what he's done for us out of that personal revelation, we write songs to help others that are on the journey, first and foremost, to glorify God and bring him worship and praise, but then also to help others, which is what God's called us to do, love God and love people. And that's really the, if you want to sum up for us as a church and since United is part of the church, that's for us as well. Everything that we're doing is because we love God and because we love it's for other people. And of course there's opportunities along the way because there is, there is a stage, there is lights, there is, attention that comes from, from from doing what we do. But really at the end of the day, we all know each other. We know we're not that good. It's just the grace of God. And we also know the reason we're there is to actually help people, inspire them to draw closer to God and understanding as they do that, they're going to find his truth for their life, his purpose. And that's greater than we could ever imagine. Mm, that's great. JD, we want to thank you on behalf of, of uh, all the representing all of the, the guys who've done so much to serve the church of God over these years. We hope you understand a little bit of the blessing that you've passed on to other people. And I really want to thank you for sharing your perspective and your experience with uh, the people who will be listening to this podcast and so that they can hold something of what you've learned. Put God first, step into the things that he opens to you, work hard and allow him to lead and be Lord of your heart. Amen. Thanks for having me. And I do hope that people are encouraged and inspired because trust me, if God has done anything in me, then he can definitely do it for you as well. God bless you, JD. Amen. Thank you.